The Canucks lock up JT Miller long-term. The Flyers find themselves at a crossroads, and the Coyotes continue their rebuilding plan as they head into their new college arena. We've got all that and more on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today, and thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Justin Pooney, the host of Locked On Canucks. feel like we just did this, but, uh, you know, good news happened, so you certainly want to talk about it. JT Miller, uh signing a seven-year deal worth uh, $8 million a year to stay in Vancouver. And Justin, what does this mean for the Canucks both this year and in the long term? Well, I think it was the biggest question um, in Vancouver. I know we talked about it last week when I was on, but the outlook of the Canucks that this was this dark cloud or this uncertain cloud hanging over the organization. And what was going to be the resolution? Was there going to be a trade that we – I think everybody in Canucks Nation probably thought was going to happen or war, or was there going to be an extension? Um, and from all indications well, the week previous that they were far away on, on an extension and that we fully expected that JT would come in and he'd play out his last year. And all of a sudden the ball started getting rolling. He had a you know a brand new baby he brought him and his wife brought into the world this year. And then also he signs a brand new extension. And I think what happened was I've, just from my inclination, I don't know anything, but just he realized that this was going to be the best place for him to, you know, be successful. And also where he was probably going to get a deal that he felt he deserved. Now, there's a lot of people out there on Canucks Twitter and Canucks fan base that hate this deal because it's a seven-year deal. He's going to be 37 at the end of it, making $8 million. And the PTSD of Canucks fans knowing that paying – um players at that age at that price never pans out but when you look at it in the next three to four years right this is a win because jt miller has been the canucks best player jt miller has been one of the best you know players in the nhl um over the last few years you saw that last year 99 points it's not very you look at what jonathan huberto just got over 100 points he's got 10 and a half million dollars from calgary naz Kadri got I believe it was seven. JT Miller got eight. And I think when you look at it and the product and where his salary, you know, stands out among ranks, excuse me, amongst the rest of the NHL players, it is very club friendly. And the other thing that people are forgetting is the cap is going to get, you know, it's is going to grow. We're coming out of this pandemic. Revenue is growing again in the league and the cap is going to go up. You saw it. With Tampa Bay, when they signed guys like Sorelli to those longer-term deals with the ex- expectation that the cap is going to keep on going up and up and up. So I think, yes, from a point of view of a Canucks fan, you're thinking, well, you just signed $8 million, but there's no cap space. The cap is going to go increase. There's going to be more cap space. They're going to be able to keep Bo Horvat. Um, and as that continues to happen, um, you're keeping your best player on your team. And I think in that locker room, 
keeping your best player in Vancouver is a signal that to guys like Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, Elias Pettersson, that, hey, we're not punting on another season where we want to rebuild. Because this team does not want to rebuild, right? This team has its best players in its core and wanting to contend. They're going for it. Whether you like it or not, they're going for it. Yeah, well, I would I would assume most fans would like the fact that they're going for it and not going to take a step back and and try a rebuild. Um, as far as you know, you, you you mentioned sending a message to the other better players on the team. As far as that's concerned, who's up next? As far as contract negotiations are concerned, and how do you think this will affect those negotiations? Well, the next point of order is the Bo Horvat contract. Of course, he, alongside JT Miller, before JT Miller signed, were said to become unrestricted free agents come next season. Um, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Bo Horvat's contract um, is going to get done. I think it gets done right before training camp, maybe even sooner. Um, all reports have been that there's been positive talk, positive dialogue, and a deal will get done. He's the captain of the team. He's the longest tenured Canuck. Um, he's been here for a while and he's going to be here for a while. He's coming off his best season where he just scored 30, 31 goals and got hurt at the end of the year. It was kind of, you know, a bit of a crippling blow to this team. Um, I think Bo Horvat will sign something along the likes of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Probably you'll get a longer term deal, one less on the AAV. And you're seeing what's happening with these guys in Vancouver now with Rutherford and Alvin. You know, they're wanting to be here. Right, Andre Kuzmenko chose to be here. Ilya Mikheyev chose to be here. JT Miller chose to resign, taking less money. You know, even if he he could have got eight and a half, maybe eight point seven five on the open market over that term, he still left money on the table to stay in Vancouver. And I think what you're seeing now with this organization is a shift. You're seeing a change from the top on down, where. They're seeing that this organization is building something special. And it might, I'm not saying a Stanley Cup is coming anytime soon, but you're seeing a new culture being born here. And I think that is something that um, is a, very refreshing. Um, we've seen over the last, you know, the last 10 years gym betting where it was very tumultuous. And you're seeing now this franchise take the shape of its new leadership under Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. I think. It's refreshing. It's exciting. The Canucks' new slogan is unfinished business. Um, and this season, there is unfinished business. And I think the playoffs are the business that they want to finish. No question about that. They came close last year uh, in spite of all the obstacles that they faced. As far as this season is concerned, what does it mean for the team to take away that uncertainty that existed yeah, before? I, it, we all know Vancouver is a fishbowl of a media market. You know, the media every day had JT Miller not come in with a contract extension every day would be asking a question about his contract status. Um, they get on a losing streak. Well, does he want to request a trade? Does he want out? Um, that whole cloud of just constant barrage from the media is not going to be there anymore. Or even just within the locker room itself, that uncertainty of, Hey, is he only here for a year? Is he half in half out? You know now that JT Miller is 100% 10 toes down, committed to the Canucks and this franchise. You know it's going to be the case with Bo Horvat. And then after that, you have Quinn Hughes locked in. You have Thatcher Demko locked in. Brock Besser just signed a new deal. Um, so there's been work that has to be done. Now, Elias Pettersson uh, has some pressure on him because he's going to be eligible for an extension after this year. Um, 
And what does he want? You, we know how supremely skilled he is. We know all the tools are there. Can he put it together and finally have a season where, you know, he takes that step from being a very good young player to being a bona fide all-star? And the same goes with Quinn Houston, Thatcher Demko. I think this season, alongside with the uncertainty of JT Miller now being gone, it now shifts the focus to those three young players and how they kind of take over the franchise. Because JT Miller is here for another seven years, but we know this franchise is going to go as far as Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, and Thatcher Demko take them. So I, that's what I'm looking forward to now. Now that this whole JT Miller saga is over, how do these three young guys ascend into the elite ranks of the NHL, which I think we're all, we all know they're all capable of doing so. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see when and if they get that done. Justin, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at underscore process sports. That's underscore process sports. Uh, our show's Twitter at locked on Canucks. You can also find our show on YouTube. Just search in locked on Canucks in the search bar, and we'll probably be the first thing that shows up. And we're also free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So yes, please tune in. Uh, this week will be a lot of dedicated stuff towards JT Miller. Um, for the exciting that the season's just around the corner. Yeah, can't wait. It's looking looking really good. Justin, thanks again for joining us today. No problem. Thank you. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassles of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. And like all Built Bars, cookie dough chunk puffs covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. And what's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad to be with you on this Monday as we talk all things NHL. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Coyotes, Robin Leano. Robin, been an interesting offseason out in Arizona. Let's uh, talk a little bit about that. Let's let's start with the arena, the Mullet Arena, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, how did they end up with that name, and, and how is this going to work, playing in such a small facility? Yeah, so um, the name actually came from a... Um, the family that essentially provided the, the biggest donation to the, the Mullet family. They provided the biggest donation to Arizona State to to make this arena possible and i mean it makes sense for anyone who has ever been a part of a university campus and understands university donations university buildings know that generally buildings 
get named after their biggest donors right. or like, like sometimes maybe in rare instances, it's like, Oh, a memorial, somebody who passed away before this, thing, but you know, you know, before this thing got erected. So um, yeah, it was really just the whole family situation, but going to how this is going to work because it's going to be interesting. It's a small arena for darn sure. Um, you know, we're look. you know, I, I've been seeing pictures and images of it. I mean, it looks great. It looks awesome, actually. Um, but obviously, yes, it's a small arena. Everyone's going to talk about how, quote, embarrassing it is. The, the Coyotes are going to be in an arena that seats less than 5,000 people. But you know what, Gail? Like, I'm actually kind of looking forward to something like this because, like, it's a more intimate setting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be loud as hell. It's going to, like, you know for sure it's going to be packed every day. Um, and like, you know, how often are people going to be able to say that you watched an arena, you watched an NHL game in a venue like that? Right. Like it's not, it's, you're, it's not going to happen very much, very, very often, if that, if that much at all. The people who actually do get to go to these games will probably enjoy it immensely being that close to the ice, that close to the players. It, it probably will be one heck of an experience. Oh, absolutely. And um, there's going to be like no sightline problems at all. Right. Um, you know, again, being that close, obviously, every person who's paying a ticket for this, they're paying a pretty hefty price tag because demand's going to be significantly up. And that goes in the fact that the fact that they're in the right area. I've mentioned this before. Now they're in at, you know, at Arizona State, which is in Tempe, which is in the East Valley. I've been trying to advocate for the Coyotes moving to the East Valley for years since I moved here to Arizona. I'm like, yeah, there's not much in the West. Move it to the East Valley. That's where everything is. And I mean, and it's going to show. It's going to show how high the demand are when single game tickets go up. So let's talk a little bit about the team itself. Uh, We know there is still in a rebuild. What moves have they made this offseason that are cause for optimism? I mean, I think the biggest moves are moves of players we're really not really going to see too much in the next year, right? Um, and that's the and that's what you know what they did at the draft. They drafted Logan Cooley. They drafted Connor Geeky. They drafted Maverick Lemieux. Those three players in the first in just the first round. Um, obviously, Cooley being the big ticket. You know, we've talked with multiple people, and everyone says Cooley is the guy. Like you are going to love him. He's going to be amazing to watch, and he's going to be playing at the University of Minnesota next year. Which obviously, you know, no need, to, no need to worry because Coyotes, we've been saying they don't need to rush their prospects. Um, I also advocate to the uh, to the Coyotes fans because University of Minnesota is going to be visiting Arizona when they play Arizona State, so it's going to make it a little little bit fun on that one. But um, but yeah, you know, the, these players are going to be on that setting. Um, they're going to still keep an eye, heavily eye on Dylan Gunther, who is you know their top prospect, their top draft pick in the uh, previous draft and it's really all about the development you know when it comes to rebuilding it's like yeah the team on the ice this year it's not going to be good you know yeah they might have picked up you know um you know like Troy Stetcher and a few other players but like other than that like it's really just like not much else to look at so on the ice it'll probably be another difficult season it's going to be another significantly difficult season because the Coyotes still don't know who's going to be a true uh, starting or backup goaltender. Obviously, Karel Vemelka is going to be one of them. He's going to be one of the tandem. 
but we don't know the other. Like, we, like, they, there's still a lot of like question marks, and I'm we're in September now. Like, we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, do I have a lot of faith in Karel V. Malcolm? I mean, I think he can do well as a go- Coyotes goaltender. I mean, he's had five or however many games this last season, you know, having saved 45 plus saves, uh, 45 plus shots in a single game. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do, deal with, you know, how good of a tandem he has right, right next to him. You know, that you know, this last year, he had Scott Wedgwood. He doesn't have Scott Wedgwood this year. <clears throat> right. You know, who the Coyotes put next to him is really going to tell how Karelby Melka is going to develop. And that's, you know, that's their future goaltender right there. Who are some of the other players who this team will be counting on over the course of this season? Um, well, it goes without saying, you know, uh, Clayton Keller is going to be a massive person to watch out for. He had had a huge emergence last year. He looked so impressive. You know, he had, um, you know, after several other seasons of looking lackluster, looking like he didn't play up to his contract. And his last year's like, oh, now we know what he's capable of. He got injured towards the end of last year, and it looks like he's recovering pretty well. Um, so how he plays this next year, everyone's going to be watching because everyone's going to be like, all right, what's the future captain going to do? Um, and so, I mean, that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be like on that side. And obviously, you know, Nick Schmaltz and Lawson Krause is going to be a, you know, probably a pretty good microscope on there. And of course, you know, with the, uh, the microscope on Jacob Strickland because there's still that there's the question mark of, are the coyotes going to trade him? It seems like he's going to start the year with the coyotes, but there's a very well likelihood that he's probably going to get moved by the trade deadline, depending on, you know, how he looks during the season and everything like that, because, you know, that's been the heavy topic over the last, I don't know, seven months now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting to see how this all plays out over the course of the season. But uh, again, hopefully from a Coyotes perspective, they're building towards something. And that that is obviously the key. Robin, why don't you let our viewers and our listeners know where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find the podcast, you know, pretty much everywhere you get your podcast, um, you know, Apple, Google, Spotify. I also found out that those are those Arizona based listeners. If you uh, if if you are a fan of the uh, of Twelve News, um, the our podcast is found on their app as well on the on, on their mobile devices. On social media, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash locked on coyotes, and on Twitter at L O underscore coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. All right, Robin, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks, Gil. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. No, your eyes are not deceiving you. It's not Friday. Uh, but <laughs> with me now, and great to welcome back to the show, Rachel Donner, the co-host of Locked On Flyers, to talk a little bit about the Flyers offseason and uh Happy Labor Day weekend, Rachel. Yes, I know. Surprise. I'm here on a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you're you're good enough that we should have you here as often as possible. So I'm glad to have you here on a Monday talking a little flyers. And as I said in the introduction, not exactly the smoothest offseason for flyer fans. Uh, 
if you could sum it up just in a few words to to sort of give us an overview, how would you describe it? Yeah, I think it's a situation for the Flyers where what they did did not align with what management was saying. And I, I just think that is ultimately what is happening with the Flyers right now. And Chuck Fletcher made it very clear he was going to do an aggressive retool this offseason. And I think a lot of people, myself included, think that more of a a standard rebuild was the right way to go, but that is not what Chuck Fletcher wanted to do. And I can see why for personal reasons and, uh, you know, in terms of trying to have a faster turnaround to improve the team after last year's dismal season. And so, you know, the first big move was hiring John Tortorella, right? Which absolutely signals an aggressive retool. He's you know, certainly a spark of a coach, one might say, and uh, really signals, you know, hard work, solid defensive system, shot blocking, high energy. Uh, you got to bring 100% every single shift. And uh, and then the other moves just didn't quite align with that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think the best move of the offseason was? Oh, geez. Um, that's hard. Give me something, a little hope to hang my hat on here if I'm a Flyers fan. Listen, I do think that while I may disagree with the strategy of the RFA signings that he did, uh, Chuck Fletcher gave out a lot of two-year deals that are like two-way, one-way contracts to the RFAs. And maybe some of them didn't deserve two years. They really deserved a, a one-shot deal but I do think there are some young kids in the system and that are are really good uh, I do think that guys like Noah Cates and Ronnie Adderd and Bobby Brink when he's healthy uh, Tanner Lozinski there are these guys that are on the prep precipice of, of really maybe taking off but with John Tortorella you know he tends to go for the veterans right. so wh will they crack the lineup that remains to be seen. Yeah, that's always a, a, a tricky situation. Any indication as to who the new captain is going to be? You know, I'd probably, if I had to put money on it, would say Sean Couturier. Um, but I do think that Cam Atkinson is a dark horse here as well. Uh, he just has leadership experience. He has the experience with John Tortorella in Columbus. And I, I think that He's a little bit more dynamic than Sean Couturier is. And Claude Giroux was, was sort of a quiet leader. Um, he, he was a show it instead of say it kind of guy. And right. Couturier is that as well. So they might want to go in a different direction. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be Couturier. Talk to me about the team's defense. Uh, obviously, they struggled in that department last year. Uh, any signs of possible improvement this season? You know, the big signing, obviously, on that front was Tony D'Angelo. He got a two-year, $5 million cap hit contract. And uh, earlier in the season, they had extended Risto uh, for five years at $5.1 So given that, uh, Travis Sanheim 
Rasmus Ristolainen, and that's your second pairing repeat from last year. Uh, Sanheim is in a contract year. So hopefully that will improve the level of play <laughs> of that pairing. But given that Ryan Ellis is still a giant question mark in terms of health, uh, it's looking very, very likely that he will not start the season again this year. He only played four games last season. I mean, you got to feel for the guy, but that really makes your top pairing Ivan Provorov and Tony D'Angelo. And neither one of them are absolutely stellar defensively. Right. So um, I, I think what kind of ice time they get in what situations, uh, you know, is Tony D'Angelo going to get more power play time and are they going to move Justin Braun, who they brought back after trading away to the Rangers at the deadline? Uh, is he going to get some first pairing time at five on five because he's a little bit more solid defensively and do that in limited minutes? Talk to me about the goaltending Carter Hart. You know, a lot of people were high on him, but he has struggled at times as well. What do you expect from him and from the goaltending in general this season? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because I think people feel pretty confident in Carter Hart that a lot of what went wrong this past season was because of what was in front of him. John Tortorella said as much in the opening press conference, and I feel pretty good about Carter Hart and his progress and hopefully, you know, things improve in front of them systems wise that he'll be in good shape. The issue for Flyers goaltending is the backup role because I think they had planned to have a camp competition between Felix Sandstrom, who'd been in the system for a long time, got a few starts uh, toward the end of this past season and looked pretty solid in it. Wouldn't say blew anybody out of the water, but um, really did a decent job with the the call-up. But then at the same time, they had signed Ivan Fedotov, who was the Russian national team goaltender who played spectacularly in the Olympics, won a KHL championship, and was poised to come over to North America, but got caught up in the Russian military draft situation and is currently somewhere in Siberia and or serving in the military somewhere. So given that, you know, I think that there's a lot more pressure on Felix Sandstrom. They signed an AHL journeyman who's 33 years old, Troy Grosinick. Uh, They do also have Sam Erson in the system, who I'm looking to really get the bulk of the starts that are possible in Lehigh Valley, but who knows, maybe he could get a call up as well, depending on how Sandstrom does, but uh, it's a little bit of a tricky situation there. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on it as training camp gets underway and preseason progresses. Rachel, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Absolutely. I am on Locked On Flyers with my brilliant prospect expert co-host, Russ Cohen. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You can find me on Twitter at R Miriam, and you can find Locked On Flyers wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Rachel, always a pleasure. Looking forward to next Friday. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guests, Justin Pooney of Locked On Canucks, Robin Leano of Locked On Coyotes, and Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.